Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the show this morning. Now, one of the advantages of pre-recording is that we don't know who won the election last night. And, and maybe the country doesn't know right now because perhaps they're counting votes still. Um, but that doesn't change anything that we're going to say on the program today. This is your post-election show on the Gospel for Life. And it's principle-driven Yep, because we don't know. I was going to say we don't know what we're talking about, but you already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know who is going to be sitting in the White House come next year. That's right. So we're going to talk about this in a principled way yep. and hopefully in an informed, intelligent way. Yeah. Like yep. we do know what we're talking about. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you have your Bible open to, to a passage. You want to start, Pastor Phil? Well, we've been talking about Romans 13, and uh, the first verse of Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Uh, so uh, for, for Christians, uh you you may you may be happy with the outcome of the election. You may be disappointed in the outcome of the election. Uh, the answer is the answer is the same. As far as conscience will allow, we submit to the the authority that God has put in place, and and uh, we remember that God remains sovereign. Uh, that God's God's purpose in the world uh, does not depend on my candidate getting elected. That God is going to work out His purposes. God, God remains sovereign. Uh, there's never a reason for a Christian to panic on the basis of, well, the election didn't go the way that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, our hope in God uh, remains the same because God remains absolutely, completely sovereign. You know, and whatever happened last night, um, or what's unfolding today in terms of the election. You know, there's a place in, in the Gospel of Luke where the disciples get back from casting out demons, and Jesus says, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So, in other words, Jesus wants to us to understand why we should rejoice and why we shouldn't rejoice. Huh. The same thing is true about today. Maybe you're lamenting today, but I would just ask, are you lamenting for the right reasons? Are you lamenting because... Your candidate didn't get in? Are you lamenting because you think that your comfort is going to be threatened? Or are you lamenting perhaps because God's glory is is being trampled on or or people's rights and, and liberties are going to be effaced? How we lament and how we rejoice is really mm-hmm. important when mm-hmm. we're thinking about God's glory. I been, have been saying to my congregation for a long time now that there are certain moments that I think God gives to us as gospel moments um, that God 
works in sometimes difficulties and hardships, um, circumstances, providences that we wouldn't want. And to me, those have the ability to be moments that the gospel can shine out more clearly. Mm-hmm. And so I've said that I think COVID is a gospel opportunity. Yes. How we respond to it. Um, and I, I think it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum of, you know, whether you think we need to shut down everything all the way to, you know, you want to live just normal lives without any type of restrictions. I, I don't care where you on, are on the spectrum. For all of us, it's a gospel moment that our attitudes, our actions, our words need to put the gospel on display. I think the race relations in our country right now that are very um, tumultuous are, are also a gospel opportunity for Christians. Yes. I think the election and our reaction to the election, mm-hmm. no matter how it played out, it's a gospel moment. Absolutely. And I think we just need to be mindful of the words that we choose to say, our attitudes and reactions. Um, we were talking off the air, and I, I just made the comment that it's never becoming of a Christian to have despair. Um, and so if the outcome wasn't what you wanted, you can mourn it if it's because of policies that you believe are going to come that are unbiblical. But you can't mourn it in a, fa- in a way that shows despair as if somehow God is not in control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And neither should you be overly rejoicing if your candidate di- did win. What, where are you placing your ultimate hope? Are you, you think there's going to be a savior on Capitol Hill? That's that's not how God saves His people. He doesn't save His people ultimately through politics. That 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 moves the the emphasis of redemptive history from the throne in heaven to a a political head, and that's mm-hmm. that's not a right way to view the world. Yeah, Amen. And I want to bounce off of something Russ said a moment ago about gospel opportunity. That, uh, and once again, we don't know. Uh, we're recording in advance. We don't know how the election turned out. But this this is true for true for Christians. However, it turned out is that we are called to love our neighbors. We are called to love our neighbors in the world. We are called even uh, Jesus uh, calls us even to love our enemies. And uh, so, uh, Christian, this is a time, whether it, whether it turned out the way you want or whether it didn't turn out the way you want, uh, this is a gospel, op- I want to just, just say an amen, this is a gospel opportunity to love our neighbors mm-hmm. and especially to love those who are of a different uh, political persuasion. And I think it's, it's a call to prayer no matter mm-hmm. who's in office, yep. at whatever level, mm-hmm. um, we are exhorted to pray for those that govern over us, and we need to be faithful in that. Yeah. And I think we have to watch our attitudes towards those that may end up in office or are in office that we don't agree with. That doesn't give us a pass on our responsibilities. So as Christians, we are to pray for those who are in office. I think as ministers too, you know what you touch on, Russ. We we should have been we should have evidenced this throughout the last, uh, you know, whatever ministry period of time that we've been in the pulpit. 
we've been called to pray. We should have been. We should have already evidenced that. One of the things that's always important is, um, you know, the discipleship at the of how we are to respond actually begins before anything has happened. You know, when we tell someone, uh, you know, that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose, that's not a that's not just some placebo that we place on a disaster. That's something that we pushed way down in uh, through the ministry of the word uh, so that when they come to that crisis moment, that's you know out of out of out of inside of them it's already been pressed down in them they can respond yeah. so i mean praying for our leaders it didn't just begin it doesn't just begin today with an with uh, you know the end of the election it it be it had taken place all along well and here's the thing whoever won last night or today or whatever that is not the answer to our problem mm-hmm. that this country uh, regardless if Trump won or Biden won or this local official or that local official, that is not the answer. We could have the greatest politician and that does not change people's hearts. You, you look in the book of Daniel, you mentioned this off air, uh, the book of Daniel is so relevant for today because here you have Daniel and his friends in Babylon as captives. And what does God do? He gives them an overview of history in Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 11. He basically says, this is what history is going to look like. And in each of those visions, it's, you know, in Daniel 2, it's a, it's a giant Im- golden image, a, a statue. In Daniel 7, it's these monsters that are coming up out of the sea. And then in Daniel 11, it's kingdom after kingdom that are falling. And the only thing that survives at the end of each of these visions is this, this rock that is cut out of the mountain without a hand. And it, it destroys the image and then it spreads as a kingdom over all of the earth. That's the hope that Daniel has. He doesn't have hope in the next, who's going to be the next king or who's going to be the next nation that takes over. And likewise, as Christians, if we're aiming our hope at a, at a president, we are aiming infinitely too small. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that in the words that um, Daniel says in, in Daniel 2, he says, he changes times and seasons. Now, I, I can't say this definitively, but I think he's reaching back here and, and grabbing um, the truth after with the Noahic covenant, that seed time and harvest, that all of these things point to the faithfulness of God, that, that until the end of the age, God is going to be God. Mm-hmm. And he says, he removes kings and sets up kings. And he's saying, just like God forever has promised that he will control the, and govern over the, the seasons, yep. life, he also mm-hmm. governs over who reigns and who doesn't reign. Yep. And, um, and that's and seen explicit. It goes on to say, basically, and God has wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and the implication is you, you really don't. Yep. We don't know why God does what he does. We don't know why God brings into power who he does and who he doesn't. It doesn't bring into power. But, but it's seen explicitly in Babylon. Um, 
prior to Nebuchadnezzar coming into power, there was prophecies. Hey, I'm going to call in my army from the north, that nation, that bird of prey from the north, and he's going to come in and he's going to take over. And then likewise, God through his prophets also predict the downfall of Babylon for their for their wickedness. In both cases, on the front end and the back, the back end, God is sovereign over this most powerful nation on the earth. And the same thing is true about today. Well, mm-hmm. Jeremiah complains to God about how in the world are you using, what, how is it that you're bringing these people into, into power? And then the, God's answer to him is, you, can you run with horses? Mm-hmm. You, you have no idea what you're talking about. You don't understand the, the working of God in, in rising, raising up powers and deposing powers. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. And I think we just have to be mindful of that when we, no matter how the election played out, we need to say, this is the hand of God. That's right. And in his wisdom, he has given us exactly what is necessary and what he has deemed to be appropriate. And, and, and what are we about? Um, as, as Josh has been saying, our, our hope is not, uh, our, our hope as Christians is not based in or, or placed in any ruler or president getting elected. Well, you First, think about you think about if uh, if that was true, then maybe some past election would have just made this the golden age. Yes. <laughs> yes. First Timothy gives us some advice, uh, a commandment really, about uh, praying for those uh, in authority. First uh, Timothy uh, chapter two, the apostle Paul says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And then he goes on to say, God desires all people be saved. Paul, Paul wants us to pray for rulers so that the church will be free to live out the gospel and proclaim the gospel. Amen. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of our past broadcasts, just subscribe to The 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 Gospel for Life in whatever podcast catcher you use, and we hope to see you next time. 